You are listening to Mind and Body Intelligence for Entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Kate Reuter, and I teach entrepreneurs how to optimize their performance, become more resilient leaders, and break through their income ceiling. I will share my experience coaching six, seven, and multi-seven-figure business owners and expose the truth behind growing and scaling a successful business. Here we'll discuss mindset, work-life balance, wellness, and business strategy, and have real conversations about what works well and what doesn't serve us. For the nitty-gritty of entrepreneurial success, you have come to the right place. Hello, and welcome to episode 90 of the podcast. So I am sitting in my car on my Bluetooth earbud right now. So you may notice it sounds a little bit different, and this is so perfect for this episode. This episode today is about how to deal when our perfectly laid plans get derailed. So this is just a perfect example of how I have to live into this myself because I am away from my computer unable to record my podcast on my computer because of tech challenges and the new iOS update and I could get all into it, but it doesn't really matter because the point is I had a plan today to get my podcast recorded and when I went to do that and open up the software, it wasn't available and I didn't have enough time to troubleshoot it. So here I am in the car recording episode 90 about what to do when your perfectly laid plans get derailed. So, of course, Happy New Year to all of you. We are in the first week of the new year, 2023, and most of us have a resolution of some kind that we've been thinking about whether or not we've admitted it or not. And there's just also, for a lot of us, this fresh, new, motivational energy, right? So many of us start the year out in that same boat. But even though we start out with the greatest intentions, what typically happens? We seem to watch them get derailed at some point. They fall away or our commitment falls away or they just shift and change. So even though we start out with these great intentions, what happens to them so often? So this is for you today. If Maybe you have already experienced getting derailed from your resolution or your goal or your intention already in just this first week of the new year, or you've set your intention, you're feeling super motivated, and you don't want that intention going to shit. So tune in if that is you or you can relate to this. So the first couple of questions I want to offer So the first couple of questions I'd like to kick off this episode with are, when was the last time something didn't go your way? Or ask yourself, when was the last time you felt your progress was getting derailed? Can you think of a time? And ask yourself also, what are the kinds of things in my life that feel inconvenient that happened to me, and they seem to throw me totally off track. We all have those maybe common occurrences, circumstances, or things that happen that are inconveniences that get in our way. What are those for you? Or perhaps it's more about somebody you spend time with, 
or who lives in your house, in your family. Ask yourself, when did someone else's behavior get in the way of what I wanted to do? As much as we don't want to hear it, the answers to all of these types of questions, we can probably also call excuses. Yes, when we answer these questions, we don't want to believe it, but the answers are typically excuses. They are the excuses that we let derail us. And we have all kinds of thoughts and feelings about them. We all have a human brain, though. So here's the thing. We all deal with this. And we deal with the unhelpful narrative that's typically negative that exists in our brain. But part of the thing that we do in coaching is that we slow down and we have a look at the narrative, the answers to these questions, the excuses. And when we investigate them, it becomes pretty clear that we can categorize them as excuses. And how we know when we're experiencing this is if you find yourself saying, I couldn't do that or I can't do this thing because blank. Or maybe it sounds like, well, I tried to do that, but then blank happened. Or I really want to do that in my business, but so-and-so is getting in the way or something that happened with a family member or the kids is getting in the way. Most of us don't realize this narrative is constant and ongoing, and we underestimate how much it is not serving us. One of the reasons I love the work that I do so much with clients is because of how impactful coaching in general is for them. Because one, how we create awareness of this narrative in our brain by slowing down and investigating it. And two, how we then get to decide if we want to keep that narrative or if not, how we want to go about changing it. So today I'm gonna to share how to do this with some practical tips, specifically around this idea of how we believe things get in our way of progress. And when it seems our best laid plans are getting derailed. One of the concepts I want to talk about is all or nothing thinking, because this plays a big part often in this dilemma. You may have heard about this before, but if you haven't, it's one I love talking about. And I coach a lot of clients on it because it comes up a lot. It's also something that I know all too well. And when it was shown to me, I was amazed by how applying these practical tips to it made such a difference. And today, again, with the example I shared at the beginning of the episode, was a perfect opportunity for me to practice this. So even the term alone, best laid plans, is a form of all or nothing thinking. Because it implies that there is a best way of planning or doing something, right? This term best laid plans. This isn't necessarily helpful to us though because it comes from perfectionism. 
and all or nothing thinking. And this type of all or nothing thinking can also sound like in our brain, either I do it this way, regardless of whether this is something in your business or in your personal life, if you have this belief, well, I can either do it this way or I can't do it at all. Like this is the way it has to happen, right? Or if you find yourself saying, well, if that happens, then it won't work. I'll fail. I get nothing. Or I tried that, but it didn't work. It may also sound like if I can't do it right, I shouldn't be doing it at all, which is really just another version of if I can't do it perfectly, then I should just not even try. (laughs) I am very guilty of that one. All or nothing thinking may also sound like I set an intention to do something, but then X, Y, or Z got in the way, right? Similar to what I mentioned before. There's an example I have many years ago when I was first getting coached early on when I was building my coaching business back in like 2018. And I will never forget the clarity that I got when I heard myself say this word I'm about to tell you. So I was getting coached and as I was telling my coach my situation and my thoughts about it, I realized that I had this kind of ongoing expectation of myself and often found my brain using this very sneaky term of ideal, the word ideal. I realized it was showing up everywhere in my thought patterns, and you may be able to relate to this too. So whether it was my description or desire to have an ideal day, right, maybe as a mom or as an entrepreneur, or even an ideal workout when, while I was exercising, or an ideal client. I had this idea in my head that I wanted whatever it was to be ideal. And if one little thing happened that didn't fit the mold of this ideal scenario, I would sense that it would derail me from my progress. It would throw me off track. And at that time, as a single mom of two, this was not helpful because there were a lot of plates that I was spinning and thinking that anything could be ideal was constantly setting me up for disappointment and frustration. But I didn't quite realize how much it was harming me and getting in the way of my own success in business at the time just because of this all or nothing thinking. The word ideal implies all or perfect. And it was like this sense of if it couldn't be ideal, then there was no value whatsoever. It was ruined. It was nothing. So it was leading me to believe constantly that if I it can't go exactly this way, then it's worth nothing at all. And it felt like when things like that would happen and I would get derailed, I would get off track, it would feel like the world was crashing down on me. Can you relate to this? So how challenging is it to live up to that kind of standard for ourselves, right? If it doesn't go exactly according to plan, then it's ruined. It's so dramatic, but so many of us experience this in our brain and we have this narrative running and we may not even realize it. 
So I want you to consider if this is something that comes up for you that we may want to investigate further. Now, again, I am talking about inconveniences here, minor things or events, not things that are life-threatening, not things that are tragic or a threat to your safety and security or well-being. I'm not talking about things that are more serious, that, for instance, may require you setting a boundary with someone, right, to protect your physical, emotional, mental well-being, or a tragic event or trauma that you need to give yourself grace for, or even get help or additional support for. We are talking about those inconveniences that create frustration. And here's the thing with life, they happen a lot. So here's what happens to us and what I see with my clients and how we have to shift in order to solve for it. So in those moments where I would often feel that my progress was getting derailed, there was so much blame that I realized and a lot of frustration. And when I was experiencing that regularly, I felt stressed often. And what I was missing out on, which is the first thing I want you to have a look at, is I wasn't willing to experience the frustration, the challenge of literally feeling frustrated. And because of my unwillingness to experience that feeling of frustration, I would find myself resisting it internally and fuming and letting the tension build physically in my body. And that happening over and over again eventually led to some rock bottom moments that I've shared in the podcast before. And I wrote in the chapter of the book that I published as well. But rock bottom moments where the tension that I was experiencing built up so much, it got the best of me. And for what? These scenarios, now that I look back on them, were minor in the grand scheme of things. At that time, my two daughters were very young toddlers, being kids, and probably reacting to my energy that I was putting out. And so what I want to point out here as this first step, as this first step to solving for this, is something that my current coach actually brought up and reminded me of in a recent coaching session, which was so helpful for me to remember the importance of this. And that is the difference between reacting to and allowing an emotion. And that was all I needed to remind me to ask myself, when I feel that surge of frustration or I feel that surge of an emotion coming up, Instead of resisting against it and arguing with it and not wanting it to be the case and letting that tension overtake me, I lean into it. And this is not easy, friends. It is probably not familiar if you haven't been doing this work. But leaning into that emotion, that feeling, that frustration, breathing into it, slowing down for just a few seconds and tuning into your body. The next time you notice, you feel that frustration bubbling up because something has happened and you feel like it's getting in your way. Notice where you feel it in your body when you lean into it, when you take a few deep breaths. Where do you feel it? Where do you sense that emotion, that vibration in your body? What does frustration actually feel like 
as that vibration in your body. Breathe through it. And if you can give yourself a little bit of time and space, just allow it instead of reacting to it and instead of tensing up against it and resisting it. You will find that processing the emotion in this way actually helps to dissolve it. It does take practice, but it takes away that hold that it seems to have over us when we let the alternative of reacting to it take over. So once you practice allowing the emotion instead, and if you're able to find that it dissolves even slightly, then we get to take the next step of re-engaging our mind to redirect that narrative and gain some control over it. This is what will help you move beyond it. So practical tips for this. When circumstances that may be out of your control seem like they want to get in your way and derail your progress, first, acknowledge that emotion. Acknowledge that it feels frustrating or disappointing. And then allow the frustration. Process it through fully. You may need to give yourself a moment. You may need to excuse yourself, say, hey, I, I need to go cool off and take a minute. And if you can't do that in that moment, then allow some time a little bit later when you can to just revisit it. But all it takes is a few seconds to notice the feeling in your body and allow it to be there. Lean into it. Breathe into it. And then ask yourself a few questions. So if you can write these down, great. If not, save this episode, go back, make sure you make some notes so that the next time you're experiencing this, you can ask these questions of yourself. Ask yourself, how is dealing with this challenge encouraging me to grow or evolve in a new way? Ask yourself, how, this was the question actually. This question right here was the one that many years ago when I was getting coached on this was something that was so helpful to me that I continued to ask myself this in so many different moments. This was the question that helped me make a huge shift. How is dealing with this challenge making me a better coach for my clients? That was a big one for me. Uh, here's another one. How might this challenge make me stronger? Or how might this help me grow? Here's another practical tip. This is along the lines of celebrating celebrating those wins, even the small ones. I've talked about this on the podcast before. When you do have one of those moments or one of those days or clients or experiences that you do nail, right? It goes really well. It is ideal, right? We've got those two. Give yourself a pat on the back. Celebrate what went well. Show yourself some appreciation for how good that feels. That does happen, but most of the time there are going to be some diversions in that path. So when we experience that, instead of calling it a failure or giving yourself a zero, right, zero percent, as opposed to, 
100% for it being perfect, if it doesn't go exactly your way, what if you just strived for 10% or even 1%, right? What is the 1% of this experience that went well? So here's the thing with the word ideal and personal growth in general. It's, it's a fine line. Of course, we want to hold ourselves to a high standard if we're evolving and we're growing and we want to and we want to be a better version and we're measuring ourselves against our future self, which is that better version of us. That standard can be and should be high. However, don't forget that it isn't about doing it all at once in one moment, in one day and getting it perfect every single time or every single day, every minute. And I'm going to share this quote because I came across this last night when I was doing my evening routine, and it really resonated with me. It's by Jim Rohn. I'm going to leave this with you to close this episode. And thank you for bearing with the audio. (laughs) Here's the quote. You cannot change your destination overnight, but you can change your direction overnight. So you can hold yourself to that high standard if you want to grow over time, but don't expect it to happen right away. Allow yourself to improve or get better by 1% or 10% every day and give yourself grace and compassion that it does not need to be perfect or ideal or 100%. Try the practical tips that I shared in this episode. And if you want help implementing this and digging more into this kind of work to see how much these mindset shifts can change for you. This is an example that I shared today of how powerful this work can be in coaching sessions for clients. It is mindset work that when you have the right tool and a qualified coach to walk you through it, it is life changing and it will change your path as an entrepreneur. In my coaching sessions with clients, I teach how to address these types of emotions and the thinking and that narrative that creates them by using a five-step model that will change the way you approach your business and your personal life. So if you are ready to take this year, 2023, to a whole new level and a new future version of you, let's do it. I'll drop the link in the show notes to schedule a no-cost consultation so that you can learn more about my one-on-one coaching program, Elevate to Epic, and together we can determine if you are the best fit for it and if it's the best fit for you. Welcome to 2023. Thank you for listening to Mind and Body Intelligence for Entrepreneurs. If this podcast has been helpful to you and you like what you're learning, please leave a five-star review and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And if you want to spread the love, please share on social media, making sure you tag me because I would love to celebrate what you want to create. With passion, I'll talk to you next time.